0: We have new compliance and security laws. We know they're a boon to financial institutions, but are they also a boon to fraudsters? Hi, I'm Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're exploring this question today with Chris Van Beek, Senior Vice President of Information Systems at Digital Federal Credit Union. Chris, good to talk to you again. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here. Just to catch people up on what you've been doing since the last time we spoke, what are the biggest projects on your plate these days?
1: Well, you know, in terms of, of projects, there's a wide variety of categories. I mean, they kind of fall into some basic buckets, but I mean, everything from infrastructure upgrades, which is kind of just on that ongoing battle as it relates to um, securing networks, securing our infrastructure, and kind of always raising the bar as it relates to um, kind of being ahead of the fraudsters and ahead of threats that may folks, may uh, be, be cause of to risk for the credit union. Um, similarly, though, you know, with all of the new changes in compliance and, and pending regulation that are kind of looming uh, for the rest of this year and well into 2010, really kind of positioning ourselves to ensure that we can be compliant in a timely manner and, you know, manage any, any risk as it relates to the transition of that process. And, of course, efficiency. Uh, you know, with any new compliance uh, requirements, oftentimes there's a possibility of losing some efficiency, um, and we want to make sure that we're as efficient as possible.
0: Now, Chris, you raised an interesting point, which is how some of these new compliance regulations and security laws may actually be doing a favor to the fraudsters. I'd love you to, to expand upon that and explain what you mean.
1: Well, it, there's, a, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it, and, and you know, kind of on the most basic level, um, you know, almost from a technology level, that any time you introduce uh, changes to the system, there's a number of risks associated with that. The risk can be, can be something as simple as, um, you know, during an upgrade time or maintenance window um, that you need to make changes to a system. Um, during that time, oftentimes systems are in store in forward modes or or in some kind of hybrid mode that makes them a little bit more vulnerable than they typically would be. But that's not really where the real risk is. That's just kind of one of the obvious ones. Some of the real risk is is the changes themselves. And again, you could describe those in a couple of different categories whenever you introduce changes to a system, uh, if you didn't properly test them, um, whether it be an actual bug or maybe the logic wasn't there or it wasn't implemented in the most optimal method, so there's another risk there. And then probably the most profound um, risk is the actual compliance regs themselves. And it's not true of every compliance change coming down the road or every regulatory change coming down the road, but certainly some more than others. And I think a good example of one of the major changes Is uh, some of the Reg CC changes with the Federal Reserve consolidating their uh, processing centers into a single kind of super center in Ohio, and what that does is changes Reg CC in terms of funds availability. And you know what what better way or what better way of a fraudster to look at a potential opportunity than to change funds availability? So again, whether you're going into an ATM, whether you're going into a branch whether you're using remote capture um, to deposit uh, an image from home or for some other source, the requirements of the funds to be available in a shorter time frame presents an opportunity for fraudsters who are kind of technically savvy and understand the process really well, sometimes as well as financial institutions themselves.
0: And to have more resources than some financial institutions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a great example, Chris. Are there any other specific changes that concern you that fraudsters might target?
1: Well, I mean, there really is a whole host of them. Whenever you change, uh, you know, the systems, you know, some of the Credit Card Act changes, um, you know, I wouldn't say that they are individual items or uh, specific items in them, but it's more the mass changes. And sometimes, whether it's, you know, core service providers, whether it be business partners, you know, you make a change as it relates to uh, uh, changing a fee calculation or, or something like that. And oftentimes the systems don't talk um, the same way they had prior to the upgrade. And, you know, that, that's a big issue. I, you know, I think at D.C. we do a great job, um, you know, testing, testing, testing. And, you know, that's, you know, understanding that and, and making sure that the systems are working in the way that we expect them it was really the best um, control to minimize that risk. But, um, you know, it, 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 there's a lot to, with so many changes coming down the road, um, there's a lot to look at these days. So how do you go about
0: handling this? I mean, what advice would you offer to a credit union or a bank that has these changes coming down the pike and wants to thwart any potential attempts by the fraudsters?
1: Well, I I think it falls into, again, a couple of different schools of thought. I think first and foremost, to understand the changes. And when I say understand the changes, I mean it both in terms of the regulatory requirements, you know, what what the change is. Um, but also what that means in terms of technology, what that means in terms of process. And sometimes there can be a disconnect there because, you know, a lot of financial institutions depend upon a core service provider or an outsourced solution. And with when you have regulatory changes, oftentimes, you know, one core system might interpret a regulatory change a little bit different than another core system. So, if you understand and have your own interpretation of the regulation from your from your financial institution's perspective, you want to make sure your interpretation fits in with your core service provider or any other provider that might be you know sharing information as it relates to that particular compliance topic
0: that makes sense it it does chris so just to switch gears a little bit here. you talked up front about fraud in general and I'm curious. I'm hearing today about new attempts at skimming that are hitting ATMs and that's got a lot of institutions concerned. What are the areas of fraud that you're particularly concerned about as we're going into two thousand and ten?
1: Well, you know in terms of that it's a great question, and it really in going to two thousand and ten, I don't see anything that's a major revolution. I think that you know what you almost see is waves, um, you know whether it be skimming, um, credit card fraud. Um identity theft in general, and you seem to see waves and, and in you know it's it's sad, but it's almost you can see a little bit of a tick up uh uptick in in fraud claims, whether it be you know credit card chargebacks or um member inquiries or whatever it might be and then you know whether it's a week a month, two months um oftentimes you'll you'll hear that you know if there was a large retailer that had some kind of financial compromise and you, know, you can almost anticipate that these days because it's begotten to be so kind of so relatively frequent for 2010 I, I don't see a massive amount of change in terms of the risk um, I, I think that maybe you know from the standpoint of the financial environment that we're all living in the economy um, I think we've seen a few more desperate acts and you know those those are threats and those are risks certainly but I don't think they, they pose the, the the larger risk of you know the large um, Intelligent, uh, well-funded or fraudster or, uh, uh, that has a lot of resources behind them. And I think that threat's there. It has been there for a number of years and will continue and maybe even modestly increase in 2010. Just my opinion, of course.
0: Now, what have you found to be effective in keeping your staff up to speed to face all these different challenges that they face in, in terms of fraud attempts?
1: I, I think the good news there is there's a lot of great resources out there. And, you know, whether it be, you know, technical um, magazines, technical websites, whether it be sites like, you know, much like yourself, like yours, um, that there's a lot of folks that have a good understanding of, you know, recent events, about things that uh, are kind of emerging or risks, uh, gaps in, you know, infrastructure, you know, firewalls or new operating systems and, and related patches. And I, I think encouraging folks to get out and, and to get outside their box and not just do their job, but invest in themselves a little bit. And, you know, oftentimes that's as simple as, you know, taking 15 minutes, a half hour a day to kind of make sure you're up to speed on what's going on. And I think that's true not just in the IT world or not just in the banking or credit union world, but in every in every job out there these days.
0: Chris, one last question for And, again, I want to shift gears on you. I'm talking about career opportunities, if you were to advise someone that would be starting or restarting, an information security career in financial services in 2010, where would you advise them to start?
1: Well, i start out by saying that, you know, the timing is still great. I mean, a lot of folks are talking about, you know, the economy and, and the lack of jobs and such. And this uh, area, whether it be specifically uh, information security or maybe you face security with a little bit of a compliance tone, um, you know, if that's, if that's your skill set, I mean, I don't think the time has ever been better. Um, You know, in terms of recommendations, I think, you know, getting certifications, getting recognition, being able to somehow um, solidify your skill set and and whether, you know, through some form of designation, it just makes it easier for you to stand out a little bit um, compared to maybe someone else who doesn't have a certification. But, you know, bottom line, you know, I look at things in really, really simple terms. If you have an information security professional uh, that has a solid background, that has, you know, the educations and skill set, and, you know, is willing to, you know, be an athlete, but play a variety of positions. I think that's where it's at these days. You know, we're all looking for efficiencies. We're all looking to, to do more with less. And an information security professional that's willing to wear, uh, you know, a couple of different hats and, and maybe handle a couple of special projects, um in, you know, balancing a variety of duties, those are the folks who are in the highest demand these days. At least, at least from where I see things.
0: Chris, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. My pleasure. We've been talking with Chris Van Beek of Digital Federal Credit Union. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.